Hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Welcome everyone to Enlightened Conversations. I'm your host, Tammy Pike, and today I have the delightful Teresa Voigt with me. And I have been able to talk to Teresa on multiple occasions and have always been delighted when talking to her. And no doubt you will enjoy this conversation. And so I want to share, so first of all, welcome Teresa. Thank you for coming today. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's a pleasure. So just a little bit about Teresa. Um, Teresa is a healer, an intuitive soul coach, channel and clairvoyant medium. She is a deeply compassionate companion for your inner radiance and your soul light that is waiting to find its way out in the world. She works with you to help you to remember the lost and forgotten parts of yourself, to help you bring those parts out into the world so you may live closer to the calling of your soul. Teresa's sessions are an alchemy of soul healing, guidance, ritual, meditation, self-love, self-care, sacred conversation, and spiritual connection. So here she is. Welcome, Teresa. And please, I would love to know more about you and your journey and how you've got, you know, to be a healer and an intuitive soul coach and channel clairvoyant. What is it? What has your journey been? That's an enormous question. How long have we got? Yeah. <laughs> I might need a cup of tea. Um, it's, there's no really simple and short, succinct little answer to that. Um, I was born the way that I am, and for various reasons, my you know, family of choice in this lifetime, all of the experiences that come along with that, um, I, I hid it. And it was um, a very conscious choice later on in life to hide all of that. I worked very hard to fit into a certain box. Um, that recognition that, you know, other people were happier when I was in a box and it made their life easier and I was all about making other people's lives easier. So I stayed in a box until it reached a point where I just couldn't anymore. And I, I started looking for not so much solutions, but as ways of coping with staying in the box. Does that make sense? Yes. So I, I started seeing other healers and going for sessions. And initially it was, you know, how do I lose weight? How do I get to be a better person? How do I get to stay and be comfortable in the box where everybody else likes me? And then it became something far greater than that. And it became a reawakening and an acceptance again of, who I was and who I'd hidden away. And then it got to a point where, oh, I don't think I need to be in the box anymore. Mm. And it was the ripples of that that just sent every tsunami, you know, going through life. And everything got swept away, everything changed. And the realisation that for me to be who I was at a very deep core level, um, I couldn't stay in the box. And that it was okay if that was hard for other people and that I understood it was hard for other people, but I wasn't going to stop being who I was anymore. 
So I started this amazing journey and I found so many changes were taking place within me that I thought, my God, if I'm as screwed up as I am and I get results out of this work, just imagine all the other screwed up people in my life that I could possibly help. Um, and so I started learning how to do this for other people. And as I began that part of it, it was, oh, I already know how to do this. And I already know how to do that. And I'm just remembering all those things that I pushed aside so that I could make my box all nice and soft and fluffy and comfy. And so I ended up here. It's amazing. It's a short version. <laughs> but it is, it's, what you've explained, I think so many people have gone through, you know what I mean? Like they had these gifts and then it was not normal. So they've just done whatever they can to stop it from happening, to, you know, trying to ignore it, um, get back into that box of normality. And we, we lose ourselves when we do that, don't we? Oh, completely. And, mm. and it wasn't so much a losing of myself as a choice not to mm. be myself. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because being myself was uncomfortable so I did have a choice every day of my life I had a choice and I prioritized everybody else's need to be comfortable with me over my own need to be who I was wow. oh, that sounds really sad saying that loud like that yeah but we do but it that's that's especially for women women are the best at doing that of, of making the choice of putting everyone else first and themselves last and and making themselves fit to everyone else's expectations to everyone else's beliefs to everyone else's self-limiting beliefs you know it just it has this it's huge isn't it like in the collective it's massive it is messy but you know what what i've i've learned um and I've, I'm probably a little, just a little bit older than you. <laughs> and what I've learned is, and this is my experience of it, all right? So I'm not negating anybody else's whatsoever. But what I've learned is that it's really easy for, and it was certainly easy for me as a woman to blame a whole bunch of things for me choosing to stay in my box and prioritise everybody else. Well, I'm a mother. That's what mothers do. I was raised Catholic. Well, that's certainly what we do when we, you know, we're indoctrinated with Catholic guilt. You know, all it's my, my husband is a, should have been born in the 50s, if not the 1800s, you know. So this is the role that I'm taking on. You know, there's all kinds of reasons to justify staying in the box. And none of them are wrong. But it still comes down to a choice that, yes, there are lots of very valid reasons, but I'm still going to choose to stay here. Because for me, where I'm at in my journey on my path, it's better for me right now to stay in the box rather than step outside. Yeah, wow. Thank you for sharing that perspective. It, it's, it is. It's so true. And um, it all, we are all so responsible for our own lives, for where we are, for the people we have in our lives. It's all up to us to, to, to create that life. You know, there's things that might affect and stuff like that, but we still choose it. We still choose who's in our life and, and those things that can affect us. And I guess, you know, with your journey into, you know, coming to being a healer for others, you know, so how was it that you started stepping out away from that box? How, what enabled you or was it there a big push or a big change that went, hey, this is not a way of I want to live anymore? Uh, the, the big thing for me was my weight. Mm -hmm. And it, it sounds, and I still, you know, I still think it sounds absolutely ridiculous that I've been 
on this journey of healing and, and wanting to help others. And I started because I couldn't lose weight. Mm -hmm. And it's been like 15 years and I still haven't lost the weight. And I'm still learning and I'm still changing and growing and evolving and I'm still helping others, but <laughs> my weight's still here. And, you know, an analogy that I use with a lot of my clients is that it's like an onion and there are layers of the onion, you know, and the reason my weight is staying on is so at the core of that onion. Yeah. Uh, I've just got a hell of a lot of layers to peel off, but it doesn't mean that I'm still not changing growing and evolving and in a place where I can share some of that with other people but it all started with my weight yeah and your journey yeah sorry you go and and the reason that it was my weight uh it, it kind of puts the, pe the pieces of the puzzle in, into a perspective because being in my box where I needed to make other people happy if I was overweight I didn't feel attractive, so I didn't think other people would find me attractive. My husband was no longer attracted to me. So, again, harder to stay in that box where everybody's happy. Mm. Um, if I was this overweight mother, I didn't fit in with the thin crowd at school, which my husband at the time wanted to be a part of. You know, so I needed to make all these changes to stay in this box and keep everybody happy with who I was in the box. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Needs to say I'm no longer married to the same person, but you know, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it, it was part of the process, and I can be really honest and say that's where it started. To for me to stay in the box meant pleasing everybody else, and physically to stay in the box, I had to physically change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Except the things that began to change weren't the physical things, mm -hmm. and it just made more and more people uncomfortable around me. So more choices and decisions had to be made. And along these, all of these years, the recognition that it actually wasn't the outer part of me that changed, but the inner part that changed was huge, mm -hmm. absolutely huge. And I so get that it, the inner had to change before the outer can. But that's, that's where it all started. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing because I know so many people will resonate with this and, you know, especially along the spiritual journey and that, you know, there's prototypes or, you know, what do you call it? Um, people look and have a certain idea of what someone looks like or should be like this. And if you're spiritual, but it's not, it's about who you are. It's about, you know what I mean? But they do. People are just ridiculous. Society is this society, social media, you know, um, books and stuff we put so much pressure on ourselves to be looking a certain image and it doesn't need to be it's not about that at all and whether we're thin we're you know not happy with our weight whatever we're at we still just us you know we have this amazing um quality to to shine from the inside out and just be who we are um in this body that we've been given and it's it's irrespective of our weight that's just whatever it is, you know, what, whatever's causing that to be um, an issue or not an issue. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I really believe that people need to understand that no matter where you are on your journey, whether it's a physical thing that you feel is, you know, stopping you from stepping out of your comfort zone or whatever, it's go in, go within, connect with that being within, isn't it? Do you feel that that's the same thing? I, I do. I, I agree with that. And we, we put a lot of emphasis on the, on the external. Yes. And the people around us put emphasis on the external. And we're bombarded. You know, it, it's everywhere. Everyone understands what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that the essence of who we are doesn't reside on the external. Mm -hmm. It resides on the internal plane. 
and that's where all the work has to happen. Yes. That getting past the external for some people is really difficult. It's a huge stumbling block. And we go, well, why can't I be, you know, gorgeous and slim and, and fabulous and still work on the inside stuff? Why does it have to be either or? Yeah. And the thing, it doesn't have to be either or, but there are reasons why we do one instead of the other. Mm-hmm. And there will come a time where we do both. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's within the collective energies of, of women, of the feminine, you know, we have centuries and centuries of us being given a fundamental choice. Either we are the beautiful maiden who is virtuous and, and fabulous and divine, but a little bit dumb, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or we are the, the, the crone. We're either the maiden or, or the crone, you know, and the, and the crone in, in that analogy is, is the woman who lives in the forest, you know, who helps the people, who's isolated, who's unattractive, who's the, you know, bent over, hunched over old woman, you know, who could be 22, but that's still the persona that she gives off. And for so many centuries, we've had this choice given to us. We believed we could only be one or the other. Mm-hmm. And our job right now with the feminine that's rising in the world right now is to understand we don't have to choose anymore. Mm-mm. We can be both. We really can be. And part of the difficulty is understanding and knowing how to do the both at the same time. And that's where we trip up, mm-hmm. is not knowing after so long of not doing it, how to suddenly bring them together. Oh, definitely, definitely. And it's, it's a, I don't know how to, how I'm trying to express what I'm going to say, but I'm going to try. Um, you know, being what I've been through, especially women, younger women too need to know that it's not about going out and, you know, learning everything. And, you know, it's connecting to our inner wisdom and really um, owning that even if we are at any stage in our life, we have that accessibility to our wisdom and, you know, we can have the boat, like the scales, we can create our life being being the crone and the witch or, the, you know, the, the seek, truth seeker or, you know, whatever it is, as well as having a, you know, a, um, a shining bright still. We don't have to be this dark, you know, um, what do you call it? Like, you know, the witchy energy. We can just be ourselves and have this knowledge and wisdom that we share with others without, again, I feel very um, resonant with what you said with either being one or the other because people don't understand yet the two or won't accept or, you know, see when they see you, accept that it is your your both. Yeah, absolutely. And occasionally we'll see a woman who embodies every aspect Mm. and we are completely blown away by what we see and what we hear and what we feel mm-hmm. and we all go I want that I want to you know it's like that scene in when Harry met Sally you know I want what she's having <laughs> that's what we want yeah. but we just go fuck I don't know how to get it like you know help me help me what do I do uh-huh. and it's um easy to get caught in the I don't know what to do I'll, it mustn't be for me I'll just stay over here yeah yeah and and that's a really really yeah, a really great point. And in understanding too that it's uncomfortable. This whole process can be very uncomfortable as we're changing and evolving. And, you know, it's always, I think we need to really understand that change is uncomfortable. Like change is always going to, you know, get us out of our comfort zone. It's not always staying in the one spot. 
and um, allowing that process to happen and really be comfortable with it. Not even comfortable, but just acknowledge it, I guess, for what it is. Okay, I, I completely get what you're saying. And I was actually having this conversation with somebody the other day. And I think what we, we all understand and accept that uh, this uh, place that we're in right now, this, this evolving state is uncomfortable. But a lot of people equate uncomfortable with painful and mm -hmm. difficult and torturous and lots of setbacks and, and just difficulty. But uncomfortable really simply means that we're outside of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Yeah. It's not that it's bad or it's worse or painful or torturous. It just means it's different. Mm -hmm. And until we get used to the new different yeah. and that becomes our normal, we're out of our comfort zone and it's uncomfortable. But that's all it is. Mm -hmm. Anything new we've never done before, we're a bit uncomfortable with. You know, the first time you, you know, sleep with a fabulous man, you know, we're a little bit uncomfortable because we haven't done this with him before. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and so it is. But after a few goes, it's like, oh, it's fun. You know? <laughs> oh. We're rocking it. Okay. Same kind of thing. I, don't, I can't believe I'm equating. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that metaphor. That is fantastic. I think everyone can, you know, relate to that. So. <laughs> That's the thing, you know, after a few goes around, you know, you're comfortable with it. Same thing with spiritual growth. The difference with spiritual growth is, well, actually, I've got 50 shades of grey coming across my mind at the minute. So maybe that's actually, the, thank you, sorry. They're just giving me an analogy. It's actually a really good analogy because in 50 shades of grey, what he did to whatever her name was, was he kept pushing her out of her comfort zone and then she'd get a little bit comfortable and he'd step it up. It's the same kind of thing with our spiritual growth without all the, you know, accoutrements attached to it. Um, <laughs> And instead of that stuff, we use crystals and, and we use essential oils and we use meditation and different things. But every time we step up our spiritual growth, we're out of our comfort zone until we get really good there. And then we step it up again. Oh, we're a bit uncomfortable here. And so we spend time and get cozy and then we step it up again. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I love that. You know what? You can always relate everything to sex, you know, seriously. <laughs> It's <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. It's fantastic. So, you know, people who stop because it gets uncomfortable, um, relating to your life, where you know the stages where you started feeling uncomfortable with your growth and your change, what helped you move through that to, to have the faith that, you, you know, you're going to come out of that or, you know, the faith that you were in the right, doing the right thing in, in the right direction, walking in the right direction? Okay, because um, I don't believe I'm coming out of it. I don't think we're ever done. Yes. It's yeah. just different, you know, it's a moving sliding scale. Um, but there was a point where I realised, and I guess it was a tipping point, where I realised that the person I had been and I could see her and I had a lot of compassion for who she was and I understood why she was where she had been, why she made the choices that she made, why she, you know, stayed in the box. God, she decorated it, you know, did the whole thing. But I didn't want to be her anymore. Mm. And it just simply became a, I get who I was, but I don't want to be that anymore. And then there was no choice but to continue going forward. It was really that simple. It is. And that simple yet that 
that soul deepening motivation, isn't it? And that it was just, it wasn't, there was no choice that you, you just knew that, that you wanted to move in a different direction and, and be who you knew you were, connect to who you were, you know what I mean, isn't it? And how did you allow yourself to find the ways to heal yourself then, you know, incorporate into a business? How did you do that? Uh, to move from personal to business? Yeah, yeah, in, into that, you know, so you've got all that knowledge, yeah, and then you've, you've now created your knowledge and that into business. I know we talked a little bit about it, but how, what was that motivating factor? And like, I know you, we were talked about that as your intuition as well, but that journey of letting your knowledge and your wisdom then be able to share with others. Okay. I have always meditated mm -hmm. and whether, and I need to qualify meditation for me because I'm not a sit down cross-legged chanting on kind of meditating person. Uh, for me, it's about my breath and being present uh, and being mindful. And all of that began with me with drinking tea. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a huge tea drinker and I loved the idea of a ritual Mm -hmm. And so I started to make every time I have a cup of tea during the day a ritual and I would do nothing else. I would not answer a phone. I wouldn't be checking emails. I wouldn't have the washing on while the kettle's boiling. I simply stood there and, and I did all of this. So for me, it was a meditation and I took the energy of that into my formal meditation, which was my morning and my evening rituals. Um, and I, I just stuck to it over and over and over again and I started to being a very visual person my meditations I began to go places in my meditations and in those places I would be meeting with my guides and talking with my guides and initially it was very loving and beautiful but then it became conversations across the time and it became really clear to me that what I was doing and the level of connection that I just felt so blessed to have, surely this isn't just for me. Mm -hmm. You know, and it would be really nice if it was just for me, but I couldn't believe and be happy and settled with it just being for me. Mm -hmm. I'm at my core, I'm a teacher and I'm a giver and I'm a nurturer. Um, I couldn't hold it all in. And so I started just doing it for free. And initially it started, uh, I'm a Reiki master and I started doing uh, Reiki just for friends, uh, anyone who was open to it. And, and then it became word of mouth. And, you know, they said, oh, so-and-so, you know, said you might be able to see me. And it got to a point where someone said, oh, Jesus, Tracy, you so need to be charging for this. And I went, oh, couldn't possibly. Like, oh, no, no, no. This is all, you know, a gift. Given away, um, and then I got busy, mm -hmm. and then I thought, mm, actually, I'm not really valuing me mm -hmm. and the blessing that I believe I have, in, in and in being able to share it. So it, it was. It took months for me to get comfortable with it, but I started to charge. And once I started to charge, the way I worked began to change. And in my meditations, my guides would say to me. We know why you didn't, but we wish you'd done this before. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and then they started saying, and can you do this? And can you now bring this in? And can you do this? And remember, we told you about this. Well, can you do something with that as well? And it was like, so then I started writing things down. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I still do it to this day. The, the main way I talk to them is, is through channeled writing. Mm-hmm. I write questions, they give me the answers. Because I think, because <laughs> I think if I've got it written down, I can't really ignore it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's the way I do it. And they still give me the guidance now what to do with my business, mm-hmm. how, to, how to grow it, how to change it, how to make it be this alchemy of all these things that I have and am and can do and can bring through in a way that's a benefit for others. So they're still my main business advisors. So how did you learn to trust that? How did you learn to have faith and surrender? (laughs) That's an excellent question, Tammy. (laughs) And what I realised, and I'm sure I hope to God it's not unique to me, um, but I am really, really good at ignoring them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They are incredibly patient with me. And there are times where I just need to be hit over the side of the head like it's a sledgehammer. (laughs) I think we all do. But it's, it's because I'm, I'm going to ignore it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I worked out I was really good. I worked out if I don't even ask, then I can pretend there is no answer at all. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Then something will implode or if something will explode, something will fundamentally change in such a way that I go, oh, I better talk to them again. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but then I, you know, like a child, I go back really sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and they, they laugh. They're very good. They really are. I'm incredibly lucky with my guides. Yeah. <laughs> Patients are saved. Huh? Yeah. Um, but they, they just, you know, laugh and smile at me and they go, we know, and it's okay. And you're here now. Um, so pick up the pen <laughs> and let's start. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can I make tea first? No. Okay. <laughs> and, and that's really how I have to trust it. Because there are sometimes it flows and it resonates on such a level that you just know it's right, you know. And, and there are other times it comes through and you go, oh, I don't want to hear that. That's not what I wanted. So, I'm, I, no, I'm going to ignore that. And I'm not going to just put the kettle on. I'm going out for coffee. <laughs> you know, just, and I, you don't want to hear it. And, and that's normal and that's human and that's part of it. It doesn't mean they stop giving us the guidance. Um, we just, you know, like talk to the hand for a while. Wonderful. That's, thank you. No, honestly, thank we do. You. Yeah. And I guess we, we are so human in that we ask for help. And then when, when we get given it, we're like, mm, that doesn't really fit right now. I'll just think about that and, you know, leave it to the side or whatever, isn't it? And then you come back to it later and go, wow, that really would have been a good idea to do that. But hey, you know, I learned whatever. <laughs> They need to learn and I'm here now. But I really think that's a beautiful way of being honest with it and being we like yes, we are having a human experience. We're gonna act like humans and we're gonna do crazy stuff like that and not listen to, you know, high advice. But it's still I guess you're opening yourself to start with and then you will take action that really resonates anyway, won't you? Oh look, I will. And and I think there are really there's very valid reasons why we don't listen to, to all this beautiful guidance because it's there continually. Mm. Uh, and our job is to tune in to be able to receive it. But there are reasons that we don't. 
Marianne Williamson has this um, a great explanation of how all of this works. She talks about there being two planes. One is a horizontal plane, and this is our human life, our 3D experience, right? And this is where all the drama plays out. This is where, you know, your girlfriend slept with your best friend and this happened here and, you know, your husband didn't say you looked pretty and your other girlfriend stabbed you in the back and work didn't work out and your boss is a creep and, you know, the drama happens here yeah now there's also a vertical plane and this is our spiritual access right and our job is to move from out here on this horizontal plane in closer and closer and closer until we hit the sweet spot from the horizontal and the vertical and this is where the magic starts to happen. This is where we start to hear our guidance. So when we get quiet enough from all the stuff that's out here to actually receive it and hear it. And for some of us, you know, God, I'm not there, but some of us, we get to move up that access, you know, and we get a clearer and clearer channel and pathway. And that's the goal, to get further up that vertical access. Now, the stuff that stops us from getting in here is the drama. But the dramas and the way we justify staying in the drama is because of all the stories we tell in our lives. You know, and it's like, imagine each of us has our own movie theatre, like a stage, a stage theatre. And, and we sit in the audience and we watch the play of our lives being played out. At any given moment, we're jumping from act one to act five, scene seven, you know, part two, we've got a walk in over here, we've got someone who's going off here, and we're watching all of this play out, right? The trouble comes when we get so involved that we get up onto the stage and start playing everybody else's parts mm. and then rewriting parts. And worse yet, we jump out of our own theatre into somebody else's theatre and jump on their stage and play a walking role in their play, which we think is hugely important, but we've neglected our own. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. For sure. So there's lots of reasons why we stay out on this horizontal plane in the drama, which stops us from hearing them. And it, they, you know, they might say to you, oh, you know, oh, my sweet child, we adore you so much. And we know for your highest good, it would be really wonderful if you could just move your bed to face the east. <laughs> and we just go, what? No, no, because she said to me the other day on that phone call that da 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 and somebody else said this and that, and I haven't done the washing yet, God alone, you know, I haven't even done the shopping. There's no, so, no, I'm not moving the bed. Right? Yeah. Know, so we're out here. I know that sounds really silly, but no, yeah. we get so involved mm. in so many varying degrees that a really simple thing like moving our bed to face the east, which would enable us to wake up with the sun, which would fill the very first waking moment of our lives with that warm, beautiful, healing energy of the sun, which could then travel with us through every moment of our day enabling us then to connect into the earth energy to ground us and hold us and support us as we stay more connected no but we'll just stay out here yeah. oh, don't you love so it? you know and it's not that that's right or wrong it's where we're choosing to be mm -hmm. and there may well be really great lessons for us in being out there the trick and the key to all of this is recognizing when we're out here and then going, oh, I got caught up. I'll move in again. I'll let that go. I'll move in. 
I'll even move my bed. Okay. <laughs> and stay there. Yeah, one. That all makes sense. Oh, you just explain it. It does. You explain it in such a way that I get it. I fully get it, and it's you know just listening to that allows me. I know you, you're not allowing me to do anything, but for me to hear that too gives me more compassion to myself on having this human experience and acting like I am because I am human and that, you know, it's all going to happen in its right time and if I allow it and if it's what I choose to do, you know what I mean? Because we still have a choice no matter what we have the choice. So, um, yeah, that was awesome. Thank you very much for sharing that way. That was just amazing. That's a pleasure. You know, when my kids were little and one of the subjects they do in primary school is, oh God, what is it? Personal development, health and whatever, you yeah. know. And they would come home and they'd be so stressed about having to do a test on their personal development. And I'd go through it with them, you know, dutiful mother, you know, in my box. And, and I'd go through it all with them and they'd go, oh, really? And you, you think you're going to get that wrong? And I'd, and I'd sit them down and I'd say, you know what? I don't want you to worry about this test at all because I don't think you should even take the test. And they'd look at me and their eyes would go big and I'd say, why, Mum? I'd say, because you can't fail your own personal development, darling. You can't. You can't because it's yours. And it's the same with your spiritual development. You can't get this wrong. There's no right or wrong. It's not a test. You don't pass or fail it. It is what it is. And you will traverse this as you do. And it'll be perfect for you. Everyone needs to relax. Wow. And it's right for us, isn't it? That's perfect. That's gorgeous. Yeah. And we can't fail it. But we, get, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be this, especially on, we're on the spiritual journey. Usually we want more and more, you know, some of it, well, you know, I think most of us always are wanting more. But then it's like this race, with, race to be something that we think we need to be. And we put so much pressure on ourselves to um, turn up and to, to be this, this and this. But like you said, it's, it's, it's not a race. It's not a competition. It's not a test. It's just... It just is. Allow yourself just to be. Yeah. And however long you stay at every point mm. is absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. And there are some points you will power through. And, and you might power through something and remember 1% of it, but that 1% could be life-changing. Mm -hmm. And there are others you'll power through and remember 90%, and that's fabulous. And there are others that you'll spend ages and you'll really sit with it and you'll settle into it and you'll live it and you'll embody it. It becomes a part of you, the way you live and breathe. And that's perfect too. Mm, definitely. There's, there's no right and wrong way to do it. Everyone is different. Everyone is unique. Everyone's soul journey and the way they choose to navigate this with whatever depth of intuitive guidance they're comfortable with is perfect for them. No one can tell you the way you're spiritually evolving is wrong. Let's be clear. Yes. Mm -hmm. right, so we need to just do what we feel is right for us and own it, completely own it. Mm. Ah, that's good. That is, 
And I, I hope so many people listen to this message and really allow it to sink into their whole being, you know, like to really understand that, yeah, just being them and allowing their journey to happen as it is, you know, it's just, it's gorgeous. So thank you so much. And I really hope people really, really get that. Um, I would love to also um, ask you about your services and, and how did you, you know, each one is very healing, but how did you choose each one to incorporate into your, um, your business? Uh, that's a really hard question. Um, Pass. <laughs> the, the easy answer would be because they told me to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but I have bought them and, and them, I mean, my guides, I have fought them a lot on doing this. I've made it far more difficult a process and journey, I think, than I would probably choose now to do. Mm-hmm. For me, it was all about visibility and it was what can I do that is most likely to be accepted by the majority? Mm-hmm. That was my starting even you know, what I called myself, um, what I called the business. Uh, it took me years before I actually used my name mm-hmm. on my business. Um, and it, again, it was then the things that I really trusted and I knew that I could do with my eyes closed um, so I could just immerse myself in the experience because I was so spiritual. You know, those are the things I picked, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that worked fine for a while. But then I, I noticed that those services weren't quite hitting the mark and and what happens is when we do any of these business and whatever modalities we use and what services we offer they grow and change as we grow and change so as i was evolving and learning more and i was expanding my ability to ground and connect and hold more light was was happening exponentially what I was able to offer my clients also should have been changing, but I was staying locked into a really small little offering. So it had to change. And it came to a point where I had a client say to me, I don't know that I'm going to come back because I don't think that really quite hit the mark today. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, that, that was the equivalent of my sledgehammer to yeah. the side of the head. I couldn't ignore it anymore. And, you know, I, I sat down and I cried and I go, oh, God, I'm a failure. What am I doing? Am I in my ego? What's going on? And they just said, no, you just need to offer this now because your clients will resonate with this. Mm-hmm. And it's about being in alignment with who we are, what we do, what we can offer, and then the people that we attract. So the things that I offer in my services are continually evolving and changing as I am. Uh, and I'm much more open now to letting that process happen and not fighting it so much. I'm over the sledgehammers. I don't need too many more of those. Um, and even, you know, what I'm doing right now is in the process of evolving again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a, a new form of healing and I have new healing guides that have stepped forward. And it's, I don't fight it. I just go, wow, this is really exciting now. Okay, let's practice, you know. And, and it just continually goes. But initially, in the very beginning, it was a very much a comfort area and a visibility issue. Mm-hmm. That's where I started. And I, that's a great way. At least you started, you know, and it, it's working through that resistance and our self-limiting beliefs. And it, it just, I think as you, again, as your business evolves, you evolve, you evolve, your business evolves, you grow more, especially if you allow yourself to, to fully um, 
connect with your business in a way that you can start expanding as well. You know, you're like using it as um, a way of personal development. I find that since I've had my business, I've done crazy awesome things because I'm wanting to involve my business, but in doing so, I'm involving myself and I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm finding amazing new ways of doing different things. And if I didn't have my business, I wouldn't have, if I hadn't started, if I hadn't followed through, even through the, you know, not so good bits, which happens when you first start a business, um, you know, I wouldn't be here today having these conversations, you know, learning different um, ways of being. It's just amazing on how um, it changes and um, we allow ourselves to, you know, create a business from what we love and what we need, isn't it? It is. And, and that's a really interesting point uh, because lots of people get hung up on their purpose, their sole purpose and their sole path. And my understanding of this might be a little bit different to some others, but for me, the sole purpose, the reason that we are here having this human life, this experience, um, that's the purpose. You know, if we're up there and we've got our checklist and we tick off certain things, that's the purpose. That's what we're here to learn, experience, understand, right? And our path is how we get really busy in life learning those things, okay? So when we put that in context of our business and our modalities and the growth and involvement that we're doing, none of that's actually new to us, not at a soul level, because all of this is just energy. Just energy, they correct me, it's not just energy. All of, sorry, all of this is energy, <laughs> all right? And it's just different frequencies of energy. That's all it is, all right? And at a soul level, this is, you know, old hat to us at a soul level. But up there, when we're ticking our purpose, we also tick boxes, well, we're going to use these gifts in this lifetime to help us achieve this purpose. So when we discover a new modality down here, you know, we light up. And we feel the resonance in our soul because, oh, my God, she found one. We can tick it off, you know, and, and that's what we do. And there's a point we get to where, oh, I think I've got everything I need, right? And we gather all those little things together and that helps us navigate our path, which is how we get to achieving all those purposes. Such that makes sense? Oh, yeah. But it's such, when you think about it, you think, you know, you know, sometimes I wish I just had that. I didn't, you know, why do I have to go through all of this to, to get it? But it is, it's all part of the journey. And, you know, I, I know that. But sometimes you're like, just come on. Seriously. <laughs> I want to tick those boxes. Isn't, is that an overachiever way of thinking? Maybe. <laughs> no, no. What that tells me is that you have an awareness of, of your purpose mm. and you know that you're going to need certain things in order to achieve that purpose mm -hmm. that's that's all that is and and it's so exciting when somebody gets that awareness because it means that you're willing to then navigate your path and you're willing to endure the twists and the turns and you know stumbling over and under and around and through things because you know that you're gathering all the things that you need along the way <laughs> so that you can get that purpose ticked. And that's fantastic. Well, we want to do that. Yeah. My, uh, my, yeah. I, think, I think it's great. My husband's a bit like, really, another thing? Like, haven't you got like 20,000 things that you're already doing? I'm like, but I love it. I love learning new things. I like saying yes to these cool new ways of learning or, you know, 
incorporating a new service or whatever it is, you know, I love it. And every time it's like, I don't know whether that's just one of my things I love to learn. Now, I always, the funny thing about that too, I just have to say, is when I left univer uh, university, I didn't even go to university. When I left school, I was like, I'm never going to, you know, go and study again, ever, ever. And, you know, in the last three years, I think I've learned and studied about, I don't know, over 10 different modalities, you know, like, because I'm just like, I want to know more, more, more. And now nothing can satiate that need for learning. And I hope it doesn't stop because I think when we're in the state of wanting to learn and it's not coming from not enoughness either, it's coming from a place of, I just want to know more. So I know I'm going on and on, but thank you so much, Teresa. You've been absolutely amazing. And I would love people to know more about your services and where they can actually find you. Oh, absolutely. I have a website, theresevoigt.com. Uh, everything that I do and everything that I offer is on there. Um, having said that, I will also note that things are changing and evolving. So, you know, watch that space. Um, I'm also pretty... I love Instagram, can mm. I just say? I really do love Instagram. So, I'm on there quite a lot. So, yeah, yeah Teresa Voigt on Instagram. Uh, I'm really visual. That's why it works for me. I love that. Um, they're the main places that I hang out. I'm kind of on Facebook a little bit, but not so much. Um, I love face-to-face -face stuff. I love the energy that comes from actually being with people. Uh, and it works really beautifully virtually like this as well. So I'm always available, always around. Um, I, I, I actually have a really beautiful client who's been with me for years and years. Um, and she just says to me, every time she comes to see me, she said, and she means it really nicely because I think she's actually older than me, but she says, it's like coming to see my mum. It's just like getting a warm hug, you know, every time I come to see you, which for me is just like gold. That's exactly what I want. But it, you can get that same energy exchange through lots and lots of different mediums. So... You can find me Instagram, a little bit on Facebook, but my web uh, website's the main one. But um, phone calls are also really, really good. Definitely. Quite like yeah, this <laughs> has been amazing. Like I said, I've really enjoyed every chat we've had. It's always, I've always left feeling just, you know, whatever it has been, it's just feeling, oh, you know, just like a big hug. And I love that. And, and I hope other people who are going through something that they need a little bit of guidance or love or connection with, you know, get in contact with you and, um, you know, look into your mentoring and your coaching um, as well as your healings because, you know, you're such a beautiful woman and I just appreciate your time and connecting with me. It's just been magical. So thank you so much, Teresa, and I, um, I can't thank you enough. Oh, it is such a pleasure. I feel really um, very honoured that we've had this time together. So thank you so much for sharing it with me. Oh. Well, thank you everyone for joining us for another amazing enlightened conversation and make sure to check out our live Q and A, which will be coming soon and we'll post all the details. Have a wonderful day. Bye.